Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think a new team has arrived in the AFC West, and their name is the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah. Herbert stops, launches deep. Jalen Guyton, he's got it. Herbert fires open, making the grab. Mike Williams down the sideline. 17 yard line, look out again. Car intercepted. Welcome back to another episode of the Shock Therapy Podcast brought to you by the Set Again Network. It's just going to be me today, so I'm going to be breaking down the Chargers-Falcons game. Uh, Zach will be back hopefully sometime soon. He's taking care of some family stuff. So uh, The Chargers pulled out a win 2017 over kind of a crazy ending. Uh, that is kind of the life of being a, a Chargers fan. Just nothing can be easy. Um but if we go and take a look a little bit over the box score, Justin Herbert had an outstanding day, uh, 30 for 43, 245 yards. He had a touchdown. He had an interception off a, a drop pass by Joshua Palmer. But otherwise, he was slicing and dicing at one point in the game. He had completed 10 straight passes. Uh, the Chargers started off a little bit slow, as they always do in the first quarter. Uh, struggling to get points on the board. I think that the announcer said that they had been outscored something like 53 to three over the last like three or four games. Uh, Chargers started out with two, three and outs kind of right away, let the Falcons get out to a 14, a 10 0 lead uh, before the second quarter came and the Chargers were able to start uh, sustaining some drives and getting points on the board. Uh, we know that the Chargers wide receiving quarter is beat up. Uh, you're missing Mike Williams. You're missing Keenan Allen. Uh, you're missing Jalen Guyton out there. And the Chargers' number one wide receiver on the day was Joshua Palmer, the Chargers' third-round draft pick in last year's draft. Uh, he had eight receptions, 106 yards. I did get a chance to go and, and do kind of a cut-up of every target that went his way. Uh, you can find that on YouTube. Uh, he played really, really well. The, the Chargers really like to use him more on little slants and drag routes, stuff that is really short. 
which is a little surprising because I felt like Josh Palmer coming out of college was more of a deep threat, kind of a big body, uh, maybe not fully like Mike Williams, but in terms of like the player who's coming down with some contested catches, uh, he was used primarily as a deep threat at Tennessee. And for him to be used a little bit differently, still as an outside, primary outside right receiver who has the ability to play in the slot, uh, the Chargers have not been using him anywhere near the, the way that I think most fans thought that he was going to be used. Chargers really don't have a deep threat right now. And uh, Josh Palmer still hasn't been even utilized as a deep threat. So a little interesting in their usage there. Uh, like I said, eight receptions, 106 yards, hasn't been a, a big target in the red zone. Uh, he had 10 total targets. Overall, it was, it was good to see Josh Palmer go and get a game ball. Uh, we, Chargers really don't have too many other weapons to throw to, so Josh Palmer is going to be getting a lot of targets, at least until Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are healthy enough to come back into the lineup. Uh, DeAndre Carter had five receptions, 53 yards. Uh, he has been one of the, the really important pieces on this Chargers team with all the injuries we've been having, and he's had sure hands. He's been really tough. He's taken some hits on some kicks and, and punts and bouncing up like nothing. Um, he had six targets on the day. Uh, and then the last player that's that's really been a focal point of this offense all season long, Gerald Everett, five receptions, 36 yards. Uh, he's been a, a top 10 tight end in the NFL through the first uh, nine games of the season, nine uh, week nine that we're in right now. But this engine that drives this Chargers offense, it goes through Austin Eckler. He had 14 carries, 47 yards. Uh, Isaiah Spiller was able to go and get in. Um, he had seven carries, 30 yards, 4.1 yards per carry. Uh, they, they need somebody to go and step up and be – Austin Eckler's RB2, and they only gave Sony Michelle one carry. So they really gave an opportunity for Isaiah Spiller to, I guess, come into his own a little bit more. Uh, and I think that's the plan going forward. I think it's what the Chargers need to do, and at least until um, Joshua Kelly is healthy enough to go and, and get some snaps back in. Uh, the Chargers on defense, they really, really struggled with the run game, Tyler Algier had 10 carries for 99 yards. Uh, he broke off a 44-yard long uh, run early in the first quarter. Corderell Patterson had 13 carries for 44 yards. He ended up coming away with two touchdowns, ran over Drew Tranquil in a, in a really terrible-looking um, play for Drew. Uh, Drew played really, really well overall. I, he's still missing a lot of tackles. But he is finding himself into the backfield, um, maybe not to the extent Kaiser White was to this team last year. But Drew Tranquil is a vital part of this Chargers defense at that second level, playing much better than Kenneth Murray. Um, in his head, I just feel like he understands the game a little bit better and things come to him a little bit quicker than you'd expect uh, for a third-year player. Uh, so he's been a vital cog uh, Chargers did lose Austin Johnson, who was a prior second round draft pick for the Titans four or five seasons ago. Uh, the Chargers brought him in on a two year, $17 million deal, I believe. And it looks like he has, he's out for the season. I believe it was with a, a knee injury and might've been a MCL 
tear, uh, something of that nature. So he's been vital. I talked about last week how uh, he's been in the top 10, top 20 in run stops this year uh, and losing a player of that caliber for a team that's already struggling against the run. It's not going to be very easy, but the Chargers have elevated Braden Fajoko. Uh, hopefully, Braden Fajoko has been one of the best run defenders on this team over the last season, last two seasons. Uh, he hasn't played a whole lot this year, but he is a clog in the middle. Uh, and it's nice to be able to see that he's going to get some snaps again on the defense. He's been a fan favorite. Uh, and if the real issue with this Chargers team right now is the run defense. Hopefully he can come in and solidify that a little bit. I think that's the goal. Uh, in the secondary, uh, Michael Davis had a really, really good game. He was targeted nine times, and he gave up three receptions for 18 yards. That is phenomenal production for a player who was technically listed fourth on the depth chart. When you take that into account, like he – was matched up with Drake London, who's been having himself a, a really good rookie season, and he was not giving up a whole lot. Uh, he was only credited with one uh, pass breakup, but he was in position for every throw that came his way. And they, the the Falcons really struggled to move the ball through the air. Marcus Mariota had 12 completions on 23 attempts, 129 yards. If you're keeping a quarterback to under 150 yards passing, regardless of the type of quarterback he is, regardless of anything. Like, you're doing something right. The Chargers did get two sacks. Uh, if you take a look over across the total defensive grades, according to PFF, uh, Cleo Mack wasn't given a single pressure, and mainly because the Chargers didn't ask him to rush the passer. They asked him to contain the quarterback, keep him in the pocket, force Marcus Mariota to – um, to use his arm and, and basically try to beat you through the air, and he couldn't do it. Uh, Khalil Mack was really, really good at against the run and at keeping uh, the quarterback in the pocket, at least when it came to his side. On the opposite side of him with Derek Tulska, um, uh, Kyle Van Noy, and uh, Jeremiah Tauchu got a couple snaps in. It looks like he played three total snaps. Uh, there was a couple times where Marcus Mariota was able to get outside, uh, bounce things out and pick up first downs with his feet kind of thing. But overall, through the air, they really, really struggled. Um, the, the Falcons really struggled to, to move the ball. And even Asante Samuel played really, really well. Derwin James all over the field had a, a big sack. Um, even when running, uh, rushing the passer, uh, Drew Tranquil was able to, to get in there for a few pressures as well. Uh, kind of a crazy ending to the game. Uh, nobody likes, I, I don't know what it is about the Chargers, but they just can't close out games easily. They got to make it hard for themselves. On the final drive of the game, Chargers are driving down the field, uh, and then they, they get into a, a clock management situation where they need to run the clock down, uh, do some runs. Uh, bring it down as close as you can to zero, kick the field goal, go home with a win. And for whatever reason, uh, they they give the ball to Austin Eckler, who's your lead back, somebody that you think that you can count on, which you can count on Austin Eckler, but uh, he gets the ball jarred loose. 
and defensive lineman picks it up and starts running with nobody around him. And I love the memes all over social media about Justin Herbert not even having to touch him. Flashbacks from his rookie season when he laid out a linebacker who was hitting him out of bounds, gave that guy a concussion, and miraculously somehow by chance, because this this was definitely a chance situation, uh, the defensive lineman who was running with the ball lets it go out of his hands on near the 50-yard line. Chargers still have like one or two passes left to go and try to get in a field goal range. Justin Herbert leads the Chargers uh, down the field. And then you've got uh, Cameron Dicker, who the Chargers just signed uh, with the injury to Taylor Bertolette, who kicks the game winner. Not the way that you want to win a football game, but the Chargers won. And I, I guess that's really what you got to take from it. Um, Cameron Dicker ended up winning AFC player, uh, AFC special teams player of the year. Um, and if you really look, the Chargers have had a ton of luck recently with their special teams, specifically this season. But even going back to last season, we got some luck. And I went back and I took a look at kind of where we've been at since 2010. Um, and if you go, let's go from 2004, we'll just start at our kickers. 2004 to 2011, Chargers had Nate Kading. Nate Kading as a kicker kicked 87% which is outstanding for a kicker over, you know, five, six, seven years, ended up kicking us out of a AFC championship game. You don't got to go too far into that, but Nick Kading was one of the most accurate kickers of that specific time period. Uh, and I think during the regular season one year, he was like at like 95, 96%, like made something like 19 kicks in a row. And then, you know, and the AFC championship kind of melts down. And then from 2011 to 2014, Nick Novak came in. Uh, he kicked 84%, which is about average, um, maybe a little bit below average. Not great, but still somewhat reliable. And then the rails kind of start to come off, and, and the Chargers kind of go through this crazy period of kicking. Josh Lambeau ended up kicking from 2015 and 2016. Uh, he came in his career with the Chargers, 81%. Um, he ends up getting cut in 2017 or 2016, goes to Jacksonville, kicks 91% for them over a four-year period. Uh, one of those players that maybe we should have waited on a little bit more to develop, we drafted him or at least brought him in as an undrafted kicker. And as a rookie kicker, kicking 81%, that's not all that bad, but he really seemed to take off when he left the Chargers. Then in 2017, the Chargers bring in Young Way Koo, who wins a battle, I think, against Josh Lambeau. Uh, in four games, he goes three of six uh, at 50%. Chargers decide to cut bait which is kind of sad because Young Way Koo has gone to the Falcons and, and been one of the most accurate kickers uh, since 2017. Um, we cut him four games in, and all three of his misses from that year were from over 40 yards. Uh, when they the Chargers cut Young Way Koo, they brought back in Nick Novak, who had been relatively reliable for the Chargers. Uh, he ended up playing seven games. He gets injured. 
Uh, we bring in Nick Rose for two games. Nick Rose goes uh, one of three. He gets cut. Chargers bring in Travis Coons for Travis Coons in three games goes seven for eight over over that period of time. While Nick Novak was getting better, uh, Nick Novak gets better, and then he ends up kicking 69% for the season. So Chargers now have some dysfunction over you know a three-year period at kicker in 2018. Uh, Caleb Sturgis wins the starting kicking job. He goes for 69%. The Chargers cut him, uh, and then for 10 games over the 2018 season, they bring in Michael Badgley, who goes almost like 90, 92%, something, 94% in 10 games. He ends up kicking a 59-yarder in that season, a huge game winner. Uh, the issue with Michael Badgley is he can't kick touchbacks. He doesn't have a strong leg. He That 59-yarder that went in, it scraped through the uprights. He just didn't have a strong leg, but he was accurate. In 2019, Michael Badgley gets injured to start the year. And the Chargers, who had recently just brought in a new punter, Ty Long, is the, the kicker for the and the punter for the next couple of games. Uh, they He has kind of like a little injury scare, um, and Badgley's still not fully healthy. The Chargers go and bring in Chase McLaughlin. Chase McLaughlin kicks 66% in four games. Then Michael, Jack, uh, Michael Jackson, Michael Badgley gets healthy for eight games. He kicks 81%. He's like automatic from under 40 his accuracy really kind of gets messy once you get outside of that 40-yard range. Um, 2020, uh, Badgley kicks 73%. Just not a good season for Michael Badgley. Uh, Ty Long has been handling all the kickoffs because Badgley can't put it into the end zone. And then in 2021, Tristan Vizcano and Michael Badgley go head up in training camp. Winner of that battle ends up being the kicker for the year. Tristan Vizcano wins that battle. Starts the season missing five extra points in six games. On track to break a really bad record that no player wants to break. Uh, I think he was like two or three kicks away from having the most missed extra points in a season. And he would have done it in half the amount of time. Somehow, Chargers get lucky. Dustin Hopkins becomes available. They sign Dustin Hopkins. Uh, Dustin Hopkins goes and kicks over 90% to finish out the season. Then in 2022, Dustin Hopkins signs a three-year contract. He gets injured uh, to kind of start this season. He, I think he kicked the first two or three games of the season before he starts having some little issues. Uh, the Chargers sign Taylor Bertolette. Taylor Bertolette kicks a game winner in Cleveland. He gets hurt in practice, goes to the IR. The Chargers signed Cameron Dicker last week. He kicks a game winner, becomes special teams, AFC special teams player of the week. Uh, Herbert said that he was perfect in practice, show a lot of confidence overall. And I think that's kind of where we're at right now. I think that for the time being, uh, Cameron Dicker is probably going to be our kicker for the next couple of weeks. If the Chargers feel confident with him, they can let uh, Dustin Hopkins heal for as much time as he needs uh, to get better. You go and take a look over at the punter situation uh, over the last couple decades. Uh, from 1995 to 2005, Darren Bennett was a stronghold in that position, one of the best punters of his era. He had been under contract for the Chargers for about 10 years. Uh, in 2003, the Chargers signed Mike Cyphers. Uh, Darren Bennett and Mike Cyphers 
were on the same team for a, a small period of time. Mike Cyphers was the practice squad kicker, uh, punter. Uh, he ended up being playing for the Chargers for like 12 or 13 years. Uh, really strong leg, really reliable player. Also became a fan favorite and played his entire career with the Chargers. So from 1995 to 2015, for 20 years, Chargers had stability at the punter position. Uh, not a position you ever had to really worry about until Mike Cyphers retired uh, in 2015. Uh, in 2014, for a couple of games while Mike Cyphers was injured, uh, the Chargers sand Matt McBriar. Uh, 2016 to 2018 is where the issues really started to pile up. Uh, even Mike Cyphers, at the end of his career, uh, the leg just kind of wasn't where it had been before. Uh, the Chargers were getting a couple kick return, touchdown type of situations. Uh, Mike Cyphers is also there for a horrendous, worst graded uh, 2009 season where the, the Chargers uh, special teams units was a disaster. But overall, uh, Mike Cyphers was pretty reliable. 2016-2018, Drew Kayser. A lot of block punts. A lot of issues were going on with the, the punt return units at the start of the um, the, the Chargers uh, head coach before I can't think of his name right now. I'm just going to skip it. But Drew Kayser, uh was an issue. Uh, the Chargers had a ton of uh, hidden yardage in, in the punt room. Uh, in 2018, a couple games into the season, the Chargers uh, cut Drew Kayser and they replaced him with Donnie Jones. Donnie Jones at the time was like 38, 39 years old, kind of an old player, not a player that you expected uh, to really be a saving grace, but he brought some stability to the, the punt unit for that one season. Then in 2019 till 2021, Chargers brought in Ty Long, who was undrafted, uh, kind of had a big leg, young player. Uh, the issue with Ty Long was his inability to get the ball off quickly. Uh, he struggled with outkicking his coverage units. Um, he had a strong leg, but directionally, uh, situationally, uh, just really struggled. He ended up having three block kicks in 2020. And then uh, in 2022, the Chargers let go of Ty Long. They brought in Jay Scott. J.K. Scott has been phenomenal for the Chargers. He's had perfect hang time. Uh, he gets the kicks off fast. His punch coverage units this year have been the best that this team has had since I've been a fan of the team. So J.K. Scott has solidified our punting room. And then there's been a lot of change and move over at, at kick return or punt return. Uh, from 2005 to 2010, it was, it was Darren Sproles. Darren Sproles was a highlight reel uh, in and out every single week. He, he could take it back. A really scary player for, for any opposing team to, to go and kick to. Uh, and he did punts and kicks. And then when Darren Sproles left to go to the Saints in 2011, Chargers didn't have an answer. Uh, it was Patrick Creighton and Richard Goodman. Couldn't tell you much about them. Uh, they were not dynamic because you, you'd remember them. Uh, 2012, Eddie Royal and Michael Spurlock were returning kicks and punts. Uh, 2013, Keenan Allen actually, as a rookie, uh, was a returner for uh, situationally when Eddie Rowe was injured um, as a primarily as a punt returner. As a kick returner, it was primarily Danny Woodhead. Ronnie Brown, Fozzie Whitaker, and Lavelle Hawkins. 
Uh, no return touchdowns from that group. 2014, it was Allen and Royal returning punts with Chris Davis returning kicks. 2015, Javante Herndon led the team in the number of punts, but in that offseason, the Chargers had signed Jacoby Jones to be their return man. Didn't end up working out. Uh, he was injured, and when he wasn't injured, he was putting the ball on the ground uh, and was not really a threat as a wide receiver either. Um, when he wasn't returning kicks, it was Brandon Oliver and Herndon again. In 2016, the Chargers signed Isaiah Burse. Uh, I think really they drafted him as a, a late-round draft pick. Might have been a undrafted uh, free agent. They also brought in Dexter McCluster, who had spent time with the Chiefs and was a dynamic kick returner, punt returner. And then they also had Speed and Travis Benjamin. Uh, none of those guys really did much on the kick return, punt return, though Travis Benjamin was dangerous enough if he could find a seam. Uh, the issue with Travis Benjamin was putting the ball on the ground, which was a, a major issue and running backwards into his own end zone for uh, safeties, which was never good. In 2017, the Chargers drafted Desmond King in the fifth round. Desmond King was not meant to be a kick returner, punt returner, but when they were having troubles with Travis Benjamin, they didn't have another player on the roster that could do it, and Desmond King got put in that situationally. And he had a couple big returns. He had, uh, I want to say he had two punt return touchdowns that season. Also found some seams in the kick returning lane, uh, getting some yardage. He remained in that role primarily for the next uh, two to three seasons. In 2019, uh, Desmond King got angry with the team and the coach and his situation just didn't like how he was regulated to no longer playing anything but special teams. He ended up getting traded away uh, to the Titans, I believe. But he was the only reliable in terms of being able to get yardage, uh, spring big plays. The other issue, Desmond King, so there's a lot of muff punts and and during his three-year tenure as a return man for the Chargers. Uh, as great as he was in 2017 as a slot cornerback, Never found that same rhythm, that same uh, all-pro skill level that he had. Uh, also in 2018, the Chargers had brought in J.J. Jones, who was supposed to be a, a dynamic returner. Didn't work out for the Chargers. It was really left up to be Travis Benjamin. Um, like I said, 2019, Desmond King, huge li li uh, liability. In 2020, the Chargers drafted Joe Reed. Hopefully Joe Reed, who is one of the most dynamic kick returners in all of college football, could go and fix the issues, at least in the kick return game. The issue with Joe Reed still to this day, and he remains on the Chargers practice squad, is his inability to be a threat as a wide receiver and his inability for punts. Doesn't do it, hasn't been able to, to return any punts throughout his entire career for the Chargers. Uh, even when I've gone to training camp, never even practiced it. So, the other issues, he just wasn't good enough to be on the 53-man roster. So he was limited to kickoffs, uh, ultimately reverted to the practice squad. Nasir Adderley becomes the primary returner with a little stints of Tyrone Johnson, Jalen Guyton, and Joshua Kelly getting shots as kick return man. Uh, K.J. Hill uh, ended up becoming the primary punt returner for that season. Only had one muff punt. I would say he was pretty reliable, but offered you no return ability 
as a punt returner. 2021 started with KJ Hill as the punt returner. By the time the Chargers got to uh, the bye week, they decided that they needed to make changes to the returning room, uh, really to the whole special teams room, because they also added uh, Dustin Hopkins. But the Chargers went and brought in Andre Roberts, who was a monster, had at least three or four enormous kickoff returns, just had one kick return touchdown. I think that was against the Chiefs the second time that they met up. But he had a, some some big 50-yard gains as a kick returner. As a punt returner, I think overall he was just reliable, except when it mattered most, which was against the Raiders, where he had the muff punt that ended up leading to the disaster that that was. But overall, uh, Andre Roberts, he averaged 32 yards per return. That's an insane metric. I want to say he led the entire uh, NFL in kick return yards, which is amazing considering the fact that he didn't play for like two or three games uh, due to uh, him being released from the Houston Texans, I believe. The issue with Andre Roberts, the reason we didn't bring him back, he just couldn't play wide receiver. He was too limited in his role, kind of only as a gadget player. Uh, if you're a gadget player and the only thing you can do is reverses, NFL defenses are going to look for only that when you come out on the field because he was not a threat as a true wide receiver, offered no uh, route running ability. He was kind of a one-trick pony, and, and that kind of hurt Chargers' uh, dynamic on the offensive side of the ball when you couldn't even use him outside of kick return, punt returns, which has led to the Chargers signing DeAndre Carter. I really, really like DeAndre Carter. I think that he protects the ball. He's tough. He's able to get whatever hidden yardage is there available. Maybe not super dynamic in terms of getting enormous returns, but uh, for a player that's not going to put the ball on the ground on a punt, uh, who can uh, make one man miss and give you five, six, seven, eight yards on that return, and as a guy who pretty reliably uh, can get you some yardage in, on the, the kick return uh, aspect of the game, I think that he fits the mold and probably the, the, the number one reason why DeAndre Carter's on this roster is he is a decent route runner and he has some ability uh, to, to create separation. Um, if you don't get any return yards at all in the kick return, punt return, you got to be able to go and, and get it with your offense. And DeAndre Carter offers that ability. There's one thing about DeAndre Carter that I wish – could change is there's way too many kickoffs that have been tackled behind the 20 yard line, not even the 25, but behind the 20. Um, there's just been situations where he has really struggled to find seams and maybe that's not all his fault. Maybe that's something we need to go and look at the tape and see, is it a, is it a blocking scheme thing? But at this point in time, the chargers have Dicker, the kicker, uh, J.K. Scott as the punter and DeAndre Carter. Uh, J.K. is in line for an extension. He's been one of the, the better punters in the NFL so far this season, in my opinion. Uh, Carter might be playing himself into a bigger contract elsewhere. Probably means that the Chargers are going to need to go and find uh, some sort of kick returner, punt returner through the draft. Maybe something like Oklahoma's Marvin Mims, uh, who's been returning punts all this year, or Darius Davis from TCU. Oh, he's got two punt return touchdowns, and he's second in punt return yardage. He's also top 20 in kick return yardage. He's also a fifth-year senior, so um, 
that's going to do it for this episode. I will be doing another episode, hopefully, uh, on the upcoming matchup against the 49ers on Monday Night Football. Uh, going to be one of my favorite games of the season. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll talk to you guys later. <laughs>